You're listening to The Lovish Podcast, where we help Christian women of color go from feeling overwhelmed, invalidated, and unappreciated to boundary-enforcing, confident women embracing their unique identity and thriving according to God's word. On today's episode, we are spilling some hot tea on a long-debated issue, mental wellness and Jesus. Sis, your emotions are not separate from Jesus. He created you with emotions to think, feel, breathe, dream. And guess what? He got them too, girl. Listen, sis, in today's episode, we about to squash this once and for all by giving you mental wellness examples in the Bible. I also want to offer a disclaimer that certain parts of this episode might be triggering to someone who's listening. Welcome to The Lovish Podcast, a practical weekly podcast centered on mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I'm your host, Sita Hood, a licensed clinical social worker. Now, sis, I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. This episode is brought to you by the Pink Emerald Retreat. At this three-day intimate weekend retreat for boss babes, high-achieving career women, and recovering strong friends, you're gonna walk away with increased productivity, no more brain clutter, a customized plan of action for daily living and getting things done, a unique blueprint for your life, discovering your identity and purpose, and a stronger sense of peace without compromising your boundaries as you support and love on the people in your life. For more information, go to thepinkemerald.com forward slash retreat. Hey loves, I am so happy to have you here with me for another episode. How are you feeling today? I have an email list and I always ask how they're feeling. That's intentional, not just something to say, but because... I really don't think that we rest on that question long enough when we ask people. I think that we really just ask people out of habit or out of courtesy, or we're just really ready to get to the meat of the conversation. So if you're listening today, I want to challenge you to do two things. Really ponder on the question of how you are feeling right now. The second thing I want you to do is ask somebody that question with the intention of truly hearing their answer. Most days, we really aren't even cued into how we feel. We're so concerned with like getting to our to-do list and moving throughout the day to make sure that we're managing our schedule appropriately. And trust me, I get it. I get it. I get it, boo. I get it. Y'all already know, as a therapist, we gonna talk about feelings, sis. Sorry, not sorry. But when you are unaware of your mental state, then you're basically operating on autopilot. And people get what they get when they're talking to you. They don't get the true you. They don't get your heart. They don't understand 
where your head is at because you don't understand where your head is at. And truthfully, you're not really consciously choosing your reactions. I can't tell you how many times people come into my office and I'll ask them, oh, what did you think about that? Or why did you feel that way? Why do you think that? And their answer is always, I don't know. The truth is not that we don't really know the answer to the question, but the truth is that we aren't giving ourselves enough time to pause and think, to really process how we feel about that question. There's so much pressure that's put on us to answer questions quickly, and that pressure could be self-imposed or imposed from other people, but whatever the case is, the pressure is there. And so we feel the pressure to answer, I'm fine, or I think this, or I think that, and not really getting to the meat of the conversation and not really allowing ourselves to reflect and consider like, how do I actually feel? What are my thoughts about this? What do I think? You're walking around in a state of mental fog or mental clutter. You have 50 million thoughts going through your head. You haven't sat down to consider how you feel about what's happening around you. You can't sort out your schedule. You have a thousand responsibilities pulling at you. So it's not that you don't know, it's that you haven't given yourself the space and opportunity to process your thoughts about what we're talking about. With this in mind, you gotta ask yourself, would God really want you walking around in a state of mental chaos? Will he really want you walking around without mental clarity? No, sis, that's the answer. <laughs> like, no. When we think about a person who is in a state of mental fog, it shows in their actions. There's anxiety that pops up. There's all of these different things that pop up because they don't have the opportunity to think clearly. It comes out in the way that they speak even. I want us to break away from the idea that mental wellness has to be about this big, heavy thing. Now, don't get me wrong. It 100% can be about a big, heavy thing. But sometimes it's just about our ability to think clearly during the day and to have like the right attitude and responses. You feel me, sis? Let's talk about a couple examples in the Bible. Mental health is not a worldly concept or something that's made up by the world. It's real and it's been real. There's nothing new under the sun. So I'm going to give you some examples of suicidal thoughts that are in the Bible, major depressive disorder in the Bible, and deep anguish in the Bible. And girl, <laughs> because we don't usually use words like anguish, it just means like a state of severe mental despair. Thanks, Google. Now I'm about to paraphrase all these stories because you could just look them up for yourself. Let's get into it. All right, so Jonah, the quick version of his story is that he was chilling, right? Living his life and minding his business when God hit him up and was like, yo, I need you to go talk to these people. They're doing all types of evil and wicked stuff. And I, I just need you to minister to them. And Jonah was like, fam, they ghetto over there though. I don't feel like stepping over there. So he went all the way out his way to avoid doing what God told him to do. He took a boat in the opposite direction and he got eaten by big fish naturally like we tend to do when stuff happens to us in life he got mad at god and that's when his suicidal thoughts came in and i quote directly from the word in jonah 4 3 he said 
Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Now, sis, you can read more about that, like the full story and all the details in the book of Jonah. Basically, what I want you to see is that this wasn't a walk in the park for him. Like, it's not just a sentence to be taken lightly. He said that he wanted to die. Do you know how frustrated you got to be to say something like that? You know, and this is not to shame anybody that has ever had suicidal thoughts before, because if you've listened to the previous episodes, then you know that I am a therapist that struggles with major depressive disorder. So I have had suicidal thoughts and it's not something that is what people say for attention. If a person is cueing you into the fact that they're struggling with suicidal thoughts, that means that they really have got to be feeling pretty bad. And most people, it takes an immense amount of courage to be real about the fact that you are struggling with suicidal thoughts. That's just not something that's just like, oh yeah, coffee time conversation. Like, no, it is a big thing to say, yeah, I'm thinking about this. And when people say it, they're looking for support. They're looking for somebody to be able to validate their feelings. So example number two, Job. And the quick version of his story is that Job was Liddy. Job had houses, he had cars, he had clothes. Like you can just like pick a celebrity out here and imagine that that's how Job was lit. He had everything. He didn't have not one need that was unmet. He was obedient and God loved him. And that's why he had all the things that he had. So the devil was a hater per usual. And he was like, oh, Job only like you because you got him spoiled. I bet you he wouldn't worship you if he wasn't protected. And God was like, okay, I'm 100% telling you that he would still worship me. But, you know, <laughs> let's test your theory. You could do to him whatever you want. Just don't kill him. So the devil basically took every single thing from Job. And again, Job was a rich man. Like he took his family. He took his land. He took his kids, everything. He even made Job sick in his body. And I don't know about y'all, but I hate being sick. When I'm sick, it feels like the end of the world. Job was sick. He was sick. And at that point, Job said, and I quote in Job 3.11, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? That's one example. In Job 3.26, I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, only turmoil. That lets you know where his head was at. He was like struggling mentally, probably with some racing thoughts, racing negative intrusive thoughts that was probably saying all types of stuff to him. In Job 10 and one, I loathe my very life. Therefore, I will give free reign to my complaint and speak out in the bitterness of my soul. Job was not playing. If you're a person that struggles with mental health, then you know what it feels like to be in this state that Job is talking about. And then in Job 30, 15 through 17, he said, terrors overwhelm me. My life ebbs away. Days of suffering grip me. Night pierces my bones. Gnawing pains never rest. Yo, Job was not okay. He was suicidal. He was depressed. He was miserable. Mental health issues did not pop up in 2018, sis. They've been here. 
Literally, they've been here. And I'm giving you these scriptures because I want you, number one, to go and look it up for yourself. But number two, I get so many DMs about people that are like, hey, my family doesn't believe that mental health issues are real. They don't think that I could love Jesus, but also have mental health struggles. So I, but also have mental health struggles. I want you to have something, some scriptures that you can bring forward to them and show them. Or even if you don't want to show them the scriptures, bring them to this podcast. Let them hear this episode because this is something that I stand on. The final example is Jesus himself. Now, Jesus knew the whole time what was expected of him when he came to earth. He knew he was going to have to die so that we could live. But you know how you could know something and, you know, you make yourself okay with it. Like, dang, I got to go out and do X, Y, Z. I really don't feel like it, but I guess it's all right. Like, I mean, I got to do what I got to do. It's kind of like one of those things. So Jesus knew what was up. He knew what was expected of him. And then as the time got closer, Jesus felt like any of us would have felt he got nervous and he was like, mm, I ain't feeling this. I ain't feeling this. As the time creeped up for it to be done and he started to feel nervous, Jesus was like, okay, I'm finna go. I'm finna go because I got to get my mind right. In this example of his anguish, it's just before he got arrested. So he knew he was about to get arrested. And then he knew that he was about to be killed after his arrest. He stepped away to the garden, like he stepped away from his disciples, aka his homeboys, for a little bit of peace. And he prayed. And I'm going to read this because it's in Mark 14, 34 through 36. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Like, man, what a prayer. What a prayer. If that right there don't let you know that Jesus understands what we're going through, like how many times do you drop to your knees and be like, yo, God, this don't feel fair at all. I'm hurting. Can't you take this away from me? Can I just be rescued? Can I just have a blessing fall through? Like if it's any way possible, can I not have to go through this? That's like where Jesus was at. He was in that much pain. He was like, man, can we just, can we skip this part? And I know we can all identify with that. He was like, yo, I know I got to do this, but if it's another way, please, please show me the other way. If Jesus himself was acquainted with mental health issues, he had to step away to get his mind right. If Jesus himself being fully God and fully man could be honest about his own mental health struggles, sis, who do we think we are? Why do we think that we're above having mental health struggles? It's low key a trick of the enemy to think this way because it's rooted in pride. It's another way to say, I got this. And then we want to throw a couple of prayers on it with no tangible action and mask it as though, oh, I'm trusting God because we don't want to do the real work. 
We've got to start doing the work. I want to put this in the context of if you had injured your leg, if you had cut your leg, let's say you you injured your knee and there's a chance that you may never walk again if you don't put in the work. First of all, you're not going to sit there at home, hopefully, with your knee bleeding, gushing, having all of these issues. You're going to go to the doctor. And you're going to let them fix your knee. And when they fix your knee, they're going to give you a set of instructions of what you need to do so that your knee can be restored and function in the right way. And if you don't do those exercises that they tell you to do or take care of your leg the way that they tell you to, you are putting yourself at risk for never being able to walk correctly again. So we have to stop masking our mental health issues behind prayers. We have to stop saying, I'm trusting God to help me feel better without confronting the trauma that really hit us to our core. God knows that it hurt us. He knows how deeply rooted it is. And we got to trust him to bring it to him and then go to the people that he sends to help us. We got to break this cycle, sis. Like (laughs) I could keep going on this because obviously this is something that I care about as a therapist and as a Christian woman. The bottom line, Jesus wants you whole. And that means physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. If you listen to the first episode, we talked about how we compartmentalize all of these arenas of our lives as though that's how they're meant to be. Nope. We got it beyond twisted. Mental contributes to spiritual and spiritual contributes to mental and both of them contribute to physical. Let me give you an example. When I'm struggling with depressive symptoms, that's a mental and spiritual battle internally. As a result of that battle, I don't feel like brushing my teeth, let alone getting up out the bed. I don't even feel like going to work. As opposed to, let's say, I just got home from an amazing weekend retreat with my friends. I'm feeling refreshed and I'm spiritually overflowing. I feel good. And because I feel good, I want to look how I feel. So I get out the bed. I pick out this banging outfit because I know I look good in it. And then I go about my day and I kill it at work because my mental and my spiritual state is on point. Yo, I hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we keep going, we're going to take a quick break and have a word from our sponsor for this episode. Hey girl, did you know that statistics show black women have a higher chance of developing high blood pressure and other subtle life-threatening diseases? Not to mention the mental health diagnoses we don't talk about. As a licensed therapist, I talk to women both in and outside of my office about ways to take off the superwoman cape and be themselves. Being a black therapist, I know how culturally we're often pressured to set aside our own mental wellness to do what we have to do. Girl, I've been there and I've learned how to stop the cycle and now I teach other women to do the same thing inside of the Pink Emerald Collective. The Pink Emerald Collective is centered on three pieces, establishing our identity, providing you with practical strategies and solid connections with a squad. Take Shanetta, for example. She thought she didn't have the time or the money to invest in herself because she thought it meant taking up a lot of space in her schedule when she had a lot to do. 
She also thought it might mean spending a ton of money for something that would give her temporary or superficial results like a massage or a bubble bath. Now don't get me wrong sis, that stuff has its place, but it's not gonna help you take off the cape and flourish in life. Shanetta was tired of putting herself on the back burner. She joined the Pink Emerald Collective and learned how to carve out time for herself, resting intentionally, making boundaries her bestie while loving on the people in her life. And she is now connected to a tribe of amazing women who value sisterhood just like her. Enrollment for the collective with the 14-day trial is now open. And when you join, you get access to our free bonus course, The Boss Babe Reset, a 30-minute bite-sized masterclass to help you reset your routines. So if you're tired of being put on the back burner and you're looking for a squad, go to thepinkemerald.com forward slash collective to join today and grab your freebie. Sis, what I'm trying to say is it all flows together. Why do you think Jesus had to go away? He had to be spiritually filled so he could get his mind right. What are the things that we have to fill us up spiritually and mentally right now? Like, obviously, they didn't have cell phones back in the day. Current day, we have scriptures, we have apps, we have therapy, we have communities, and you even have Christian therapists like me. <laughs> So really, you are 100% without excuse as to why you won't seek support. I'm going to give you some scriptures at the end of this episode. Some of the apps that I love are the Sanity and Self app for guided audio sessions. They have anxiety. They have sleep stories. They have a ton of things. Another app that I love is the Dwell app. They have scriptures. They also have scripture plans for anxiety, for overcoming depression. I love the She Who Is Called app by Kavaya Watrice. That is a community, but also a devotional app. So you have all of these different methods. You have the Pink Emerald Collective, which is an online community for Christian women of color. It's a safe space for you to talk about all of these issues, not in a compartmentalized way, but together as the whole human being that you are. All of these resources, scriptures, apps, therapy, community, we have no excuse. It is absolutely imperative to make room for these conversations. We gotta merge Jesus and therapy, boo. I'm so sick of hearing about women suffering in silence because they didn't have a safe space to talk. I'm so sick of people slapping band-aids on gushing emotional wounds because they're afraid to admit that they don't know what the solution is. God created therapists just like he created doctors. Use them. And for those that still believe that mental health issues aren't in the Bible or are not meant to be handled by mental health professionals, I gotta say, First and foremost, please, please ask God sincerely to show you the truth and then be open to hearing that truth. I want you to know that it's okay to allow God to reveal things to you in a new way. Maybe you've read some of the scriptures that you heard me talk about today your whole life, but you never viewed them 
in the context of what they are. Maybe you never saw that it was depression speaking, that it was suicidal thoughts that were happening. And maybe today the Holy Spirit showed you a new perspective on what these scriptures actually mean. Sometimes we think we've been on the right track with something until the Holy Spirit got to snatch us back and let us know, nah, you're not seeing this clearly. And I want to say we've all been there and it's okay. Do you know how nervous I was to tell the world that I am a therapist that struggles with major depressive disorder? That's a big thing. But it also allows us to step away from this idea of perfection, perfection that we can never obtain, perfection that does not exist, perfection that causes us to swell up in pride and try to make ourselves bigger than Jesus. This is not meant to be statements or a conversation to make you upset or something to provoke an argument. It's to let you know that we've been there. Everybody that is able to see mental wellness and Jesus pieced together as a whole human being, we all had to come to an understanding that Jesus accepts us as a whole person, that he accepts us for who we are and where we are. And it's not just the cute parts. Like if we think about, if you're a parent and you think about a child, our children do some pretty messed up stuff, some pretty bogus, jacked up stuff. So when they do that, do you not accept them for who they are? No, you choose to love them beyond that because you see who they really are. You see different pieces and how it fits together, even if they don't understand it themselves. So God is the same way. He chooses to love us when we are emotional wrecks, when we have made the biggest mistake, when we don't understand and we've taken his word out of context. If you're somebody that is struggling with mental wellness today, I want to leave you with some encouragement, sis. I told you that. I got you on the scriptures. First scripture is Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. What I want to point out to you about that verse is that it said the righteous cry out. So sometimes God will make a way without us opening our mouths. But a lot of times we have to tell God what we need. We have to be honest about where we are and then allow the Holy Spirit to work in that. It's time to talk about what I've been loving. Product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. Baby girl, let me tell you, lately I have been loving my lashes, okay? Uh, the everyday look that I have been sporting is by Eyelure. It's the Wispy Collection, and it is from my absolute favorite place in the world, 
targets holla if you hear me woo woo and honey let me just tell you these lashes are given what they supposed to have gave okay okay thank you you know what sis i can't even lie to you i have definitely had my share of uh jacked up lash looks and in fact if you want to see some realness go check out a couple of my instagram lives because you could probably see a little bit of the lash game off but um I'm just showing some love for these lashes, honey, because they look bomb today, okay? Can we shout out those people that are not beauty gurus, but are out here learning how to put the lashes on and looking fabulous at doing it? Yes, honey, yes. Uh, if you happen to try these lashes, then I want you to go ahead and hit me up on Instagram and let me know that you tried the lashes and let me know what you think about them. Yeah? Okay. Thank you so much for joining me on the Lovish Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Cedar Hood, and woo child, on today's episode, we went in. We talked about how God cares about our mental and spiritual health because he cares about you as a whole human being and not just pieces of you. We talked about some examples of mental health issues in the Bible, down to Jesus' own struggles. And then I shared an example of how our mental, spiritual, and physical health is all linked together and left you with some encouragement if you are struggling with your own mental health today. For more in-depth resources, like the ones that we discussed on the podcast today, visit thepinkemerald.com forward slash videos. If you love this episode and you have about 60 seconds, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Reviews help the podcast grow so we can open the floor for more authentic conversations. Until next time, I'll see you soon, love.